face the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. <laughs> a week yeah, later, <laughs> we're back a week later, uh, but not really. We were recording this right not after. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek, and uh, we're focused on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Today's episode. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm looking for Picard. Where are you? Lo- like, it sounds like you're in the like in the vaults of the TARDIS. Like, you're under the co- console. I am in the vaults of the TARDIS. Yes, that's where Picard is. <laughs> Go ahead, and continue. Yeah, but it's like there's this crunching sound. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Well, crunch. there's there's a lot of crunching <laughs> to get to Picard. Go ahead, it's alright. <laughs> so today's episode is Time Squared. A really. Uh, Weird excellent. and excellent episode, yes. Um, I will give the summary since you're crunching away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just fi- He's in the vortex. He's somewhere here. I know it. I just have to get to him. He's, I have Locutus. Yeah, just pull out Loc- Locutus. It'll be... Oh, but that's not the right Picard. Oh, wait, here he is. Oh, finally. <laughs> You have a singular wit, Doctor. Right. <laughs> I've been dying to Go say ahead. that one. I've been dying to say that one. <laughs> you have a singular wit, Doctor. Oh, wit, Doctor. Thank you. All right. So in this episode, um, the crew of the Enterprise are humming, humming along, and they find on their long-range sensors or short-range sensors a shuttlecraft and uh, commander Riker is a little puzzled he's like but where's the mothership and i thought that was interesting that they refer to uh shuttlecrafts uh the you know the starships as the mothership wow this is uh (laughs) terribly distracting doctor oh the is that the el boz no this is shuttlecraft five oh the godard okay all right. Anyways, so they they beam, <clears throat> sorry, they tractor beam the shuttle on board because it's just drifting, and uh, to everyone's <laughs> to everyone's astonishment, um, inside the shuttlecraft is a, a very creepy looking, almost dead looking corpse like Captain Picard, and there he is. Hello. You gotta say something. It won't. Hello. Here is Picard saying hello. Hello. <laughs> Number one. Um, 
Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. We're having a lot of technical issues on today's episode of Starfleet Boy. Um, so Picard is uh, meets his doppelganger and is completely horrified. And after some examination, uh, it's discovered that it's actually him. It's not a doppelganger. It's not a twin. It's not a trick. It's not a clone. It's not an android. Um, they ask the 20 questions. And let me see here. Here is Picard in the shuttlecraft. Ooh. It's very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> Jordy and Data uh, try to revive the shuttlecraft as Dr. Pulaski takes uh, future... I mean, sorry, I jumped ahead there, but uh, doppelganger Picard into sickbay to examine him. And uh, it is... Let me see. Uh, say something. Hmm? Oh, this is the other Picard. Because we have to have two Picards. That's a much better Picard face. Well, this is the real Picard, and this is the... Uh, well, no, they're both the real Picard. Right. But this is... See? Two Picards. Yeah, but look. See, the one on the right looks just more like Picard. Well, this... That, since it's a larger scale, you have more room to, to make the face look like the real person. It's a different scale. Oh, I see. Very good. Okay. But I'm distracting you from your wonderful summary. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Picard, the, Jordi and, um, and Data are able to revive the shuttlecraft, and they discover that it is, in fact, from six hours into the future. And so the Captain Picard that's in sickbay is also from six hours in the future. Anyways, uh, attempts to revive him are unsuccessful. The crew is now faced with the challenge of trying to figure out what the heck happens because the logs on the shuttlecraft show Picard gets on the shuttlecraft. Riker even says goodbye. The shuttlecraft goes into the vortex that they're about to encounter and the Enterprise is destroyed and Captain Picard is flung back in time uh, into this six hours into the past, and so they're afraid that every choice they make is the wrong choice to prevent this terrifying and horrible future from happening. Uh, and that's just uh, you know that's it in a nutshell. They they are freaking out. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, they finally discover the vortex, and in an attempt to do something different, Captain Picard actually decides that leaving the Enterprise is not the correct choice. He kills his future self, which is also horrifying. Cool. <laughs> he kills his future self and, in, and orders the Enterprise to go through the vortex, uh, thus ending the time loop and uh, you know, having the crew survive. Meanwhile, it's also discovered that there is an entity of some kind, a sentience of some kind that's inside the vortex or coming through the vortex, and it also somehow tries to attack both Picards. It's very strange. It's very focused on Picard. It thinks he's the brains of the Enterprise. And that's a mystery that we don't solve. At the end of the episode, the crew actually don't understand what happens fully. And they're all just uh, very confused uh, by the whole thing. What's that? That's right. That crazy clipping. Oh, there we go. Oh, you just froze, Doctor. Ooh. The doctor. The doctor is gone. I'm solo. No. <laughs> We're going to call the doctor back because this is a live show and that's fine. 
Let's go ahead and do that. <coughs> Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise on its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Ah, I'm getting a message here. Looks like, but it's not from the doctor. <laughs> it is a funny message, though. Okay. Let's try calling the doctor on the phone. I bet we're going to have to have him restart his computer. <clears throat> this is, oh, there he is. Doctor, you're back. What happened? That was me calling you, by the way. The vortex. <laughs> uh, I, I got sucked into the vortex and there was another me there <laughs> i was on this shuttle crowd are you are you uh did you have to restart all the things yeah i i um I... wait are you doing this on purpose wow i'm from five minutes into the future <laughs> <laughs> Alright. No, that that totally happened randomly. I'm just trying to make up for it. Did you so you had to restart your computer? No. No, oh. I just had to restart the the USB the port that the the camera's in just goes wibbly wobbly every once in a while. Oh, okay. So everything's normal. It's still recording all the things, right? Uh, I had to start a new recording. Oh, okay. So let's just Audience, this is a little preview into what we do. Just do a quick little clap. Ready? One, two, three, four. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay. <laughs> now I know what to do. Okay. <laughs> so just to, uh, since we gave the uh, audience a little glimpse into uh, what we're doing here, we do a awesome, thanks to Google, um, we do a, um, <clears throat> a video broadcast where the, you know, it switches dynamically. You can see... Humbert, the doctor, and Sohail, myself, as we're speaking. Uh, and we also offer an audio supplement uh, available on iTunes through a podcast for those of you who don't want to sit and watch our, our, our mugs for, you know, whatever length of time we talk. We, our shows are anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours. What was Star Trek 3? was like two hours. Three right? hours, 29 <laughs> minutes, 15 no, seconds. No, it wasn't that long, was it? Star Trek 3 was two hours. It was longer than the movie itself. It <laughs> we do try to be brief. Um, so let's talk about the eggs. The what? The, the scene in the beginning where Riker is uh, making oh, a, a breakfast the for eggs, everyone. Yeah. The eggs, right? Yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. That was a fun. I thought this that was fun. Yeah. This season, I've noticed we're getting a lot more of these glimpses into the private lives of the crew, if you will, and um, seeing... That's because of the writer's strike. 
Oh, is that, so. I, mean, I love they, it. They may just made that up just to fill. Uh, there's a lot of time fillers in this season because of the writer's strike, I think. But it's great because it's kind of, you know, it's exposition. It's like, a, well, I mean, you know, maybe not necessary. I mean, like nothing about the Oana eggs, which I think should have been Katarian eggs, by the way, I think, you know, just to. <laughs> but I guess Katarian eggs weren't invented yet. But the Oan yeah, eggs. Singular witch. Um, what Data's reaction in that scene is very interesting. I mean, obviously, I knew, I totally predicted that Worf was going to love them if mm-hmm. everyone else hated them. But D- Data was just like very, like, he was just kind of like, oh, this is really weird. Like, he was kind of weirded out by the whole experience of having breakfast with his crew members. <laughs> well, I think it was just the act of Riker making the food. And, and, and remember, Riker's from Alaska. So. It seems to indicate that, you know, Alaska is still a bit rugged and it's easy to um, to still enjoy the uh, the more rugged aspects of living, such as uh, making eggs. Yeah, I thought some interesting things that came up in this episode. uh, One we learn and and funny enough, isn't the next episode the Icarus Factor? uh, Don't we meet Riker's dad? I think so. Oh, do we? Oh, okay. I like that episode, actually. Yeah, I think we meet Riker's dad in the next episode. So there was a nice little uh, illusion. Foreshadowing there. Yeah, yeah to him, um, where it was, you know, he he's mentions that he grew up with his dad because I guess his mom uh, died when, when he was young. Uh, apparently, he did the cooking and the cleaning. But what I found strange was that Worf says, and, and this is, there's a couple of things that were really strange. One, Dr. Pulaski says something to the effect of, you know, this is nice that we're all gathering here for a little social moment, having breakfast together, something that we don't do in the 24th century. And what I found strange about that in particular is like, why would you, we don't ever say, you know, like when I gather with my friends and do something, I never say, oh, this is something we don't do in the 21st century. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was like a little weird. It was, it was out of, you know, That's kinda, true. That's you know. true. So, well, I also thought it was weird that people don't do that. I think they do. I mean, uh, you know, retcon, like, uh, not even retcon, Kirk and the crew gather, you know, they have wine together, or like hang out together. You know, I'm sure they have meals together. On the Enterprise, the original series, there's the uh, mess hall where everyone, you know, gathers to, to eat together. Um, oh, that's the 23rd century you're talking about. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Pulaski is saying that from the 23rd to the 24th, we lost that, maybe. Well, it's know. possible. The other thing that's weird is Worf says that, you know, he says, I understand, you know, it is a little odd that you're cooking. I understand that in human families, it's usually the the female that takes up the the task of cooking and cleaning. And I thought that was odd, too, because... You yeah. think, you know, uh, Gene Roddenberry, right. yeah, Gene Roddenberry portrays the society as like being so progressive and advanced, and yet these roles still exist. And I don't think that was a very uh, accurate thing. So, a, a few critiques on that opening scene, but overall, it was a little sweet. What did you think? I think actually, now that you you point all those things out, I'm wondering if uh, they were using perhaps a script from the original uh, Star Trek Two. Uh, series, uh, which you know probably weren't very well uh, edited through, and um, 
because Pulaski is saying something that McCoy would say, and right. Um, you know, I don't know. I can perfectly imagine Spock saying something that Worf said, and 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 maybe Kirk was supposed to be Riker. I don't know. Oh, that's I mean, a, well, yeah, Kirk would definitely. You're absolutely right. That's a great point. So um, I, I'm not. It's it's true. It does seem like some of the dialogue in that scene was a bit uh, stilted and was sort of calling attention to itself. Uh, but th- <laughs> then again, as I said, you know, this this was this, the shortened season because of the writer's strike, and maybe they just, you know, they didn't really have... I mean, you know, unless the actors were going to change it, nobody was going to change it. So they just, you know, rehearsed it and read it and performed it as as is. And in 89, 90, uh, I think that uh, it was a commentary on the situation but I didn't see how it like actually how they were contradicting it by saying like things are actually different you know it seemed like the one time where things in the future are not as great as <laughs> as they should because oftentimes they'll reference like how things are better in the future and this time it just didn't feel that way so yeah it, mm-hmm. I thought that was weird um, anyways we go immediately from that to uh, command, uh, Captain Picard requesting Commander Riker's uh, presence on the bridge um, and, you know, as we said in the summary, that's when they encounter the Elbaz. And I, I was saying that, like, it is weird that uh, they refer to a lonely shuttlecraft as being away from its mothership. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, again, that might be <clears throat> a result of the fact that the, uh, the, the script just wasn't really thoroughly um, uh, script edited, you know? So... Do you, so you're saying that just I, I should have asked you this just a few seconds ago, but you're saying that this was a rehash script from Star Trek Phase Two that never got made. That's that's my opinion. I don't know. Oh, you I don't haven't know. consulted. Okay. I haven't consulted the text yet. The, but that's what the, it's the sm- Bible up here. But that's what it smells like. It's a <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, we started the season with one. That's right. We started the season with uh, it was supposed to be Lieutenant Ilea who was going to to have that baby, um, and uh, it was her or Sulu, one of the two. I'm not sure. Sulu and was gonna. I think it was Sulu. I remember you saying something about Sulu having a baby. Yeah. That would have been interesting. <laughs> um, so this may have been one of those as well. Captain, it's my child, and I'm going to keep it no matter what you say. <laughs> Captain, don't preach. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Oh, like too oh. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was bad. I um, know, I know. I thought this episode had great atmosphere, which is, is uh, in contrast, in great contrast to the episode that we just reviewed. The Royale. Uh, yeah. The Royale. Um, and... Amazing credit to Patrick Stewart and his his uh, his miming. I mean, his his little, you know that that was just so <laughs> unsettling to me. It was, it was so no, weird. It was yeah, it was so bizarre and weird. And like the way the makeup on Future Picard was like kind of like these like bruises. Did you everywhere. notice that? Yeah, I totally noticed that in this wonderful HD. His, the color, the pallor of his yeah. skin was different. Um, it was just really bizarre. It was it was cool. It was something out of David Lynch, really. It, whole... Yeah, there was. By the way, Twin Peaks is coming back. 
And I don't know if you know this, but I live in Washington State in Seattle. I mean, I don't. I know that you know this. Yes, <laughs> I know. But <laughs> Twin Peaks is set here. It's it's set here, and it's yeah. exciting. Um, have you seen the Kyle MacLachlan damn fine cup of coffee? Uh, uh, the Omez, uh, you know Omez, the charity thing that some celebrities oh, yes, are doing. Oh yes, yes, yes. You I can have. win a damn fine cup of coffee, cup of coffee with, with Kyle yeah. MacLachlan at the film festival that David Lynch is doing. Uh, I think it's in Los Angeles, so yeah. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. It is. Uh, <clears throat> but going back to the episode, so then. Yeah, the scene where I thought the scene where Picard is summoned to Cargo Bay 2 or whatever it was, and he sees himself for the first time is such great, uh, such a great performance. I mean, he's just like, he's just like, what is this? Like, is this? He comes in smiling at first, like thinking, yeah, yeah, this is going to be like a cool, fun thing, you know, like whatever. And then all of a sudden, oh, another shuttlecraft lost in the middle of the galaxy. (laughs) What fun! What What fun things will we find in here? He's a happy captain, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's like you see yourself, and like I think his uh, reaction is so appropriate and so well acted, and he's just freaked out. You can tell he he really just doesn't know what to do. It's just like a really horrifying thing. Yeah. And everybody is really confused, and and I like the uh, elements of the script where we slowly come to realize that these this Picard and this shuttlecraft are from the future, and it's interesting because you know we we have obviously we've encountered other episodes where uh, people are from the future or from the past or whatever, uh, but the idea that if you're from the future, you're somehow out of phase until, you know, you're synced back with the time that you were from. I mean, that, that, that's a very, uh, it's an, almost a Twilight Zone-like way of looking at time travel. You know, we, we take for granted now with, you know, stuff like Back to the Future and Doctor Who, you know, time travels, yeah, nah, who cares? Uh, it doesn't really have any physical effects on you, but but here we actually see um, physical metabolic effects on on the person, and I, I thought they were fascinating little details. The fact that the shuttlecraft, what was it that the the, the power? It, it was, was also out of phase, and in was fact, out of phase. You had to do the opposite. You had to give it like a negative charge instead of a positive right. charge in order to get it going. And yeah, that was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. Also, um, the next scene, you know, after they they retrieve the log, and there's a conference about it, and everyone's kind of really confused. They're like, they're watching this uh, this account of the future. They're like seeing it, and they're like, why the fuck would you leave? the the enterprise like yeah you know and Captain Picard just like yeah why you know why would I right. I don't know it's really weird and right. to see it unfold is really extraordinary to see the reason why it happens is awesome and I thought what you just said about how <clears throat> the 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 mystery that you know the the out of phase Picard and like how he can't be himself as he gets closer to the time of he starts to become more and more you know himself um, is is a great device that they uh, came up with to to kind of keep us in the dark 
as to the solution uh, in the episode. Because had he awoken earlier, it would have been a whole different episode. You know, like it would have been it would have been weird logistically too, because it's like you'd have two Picards from the right. two talking right. Picards from the beginning. Um, <clears throat> Counselor Troy was great in this episode because she confirms that it is, in fact, him. So. Yes, that's true. <laughs> she she actually serves uh, a vital role in this because she is uh, clearly able to determine uh, that that it, it, they are both indeed Picard. And um, where's the other one in? <laughs> oh, the other one is, is uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought it was also interesting uh, as they got to the vortex itself um, and Picard kind of, you know, realizes that as he's being attacked by this entity um, and he, you know, determines that the focus is on him and he realizes that, you know, he says to Riker in that one scene, um, you know, we may be on a road that has no turns. Yeah. You know, it looks like everything's kind of forcing them into the direction of where he has to get on a shuttlecraft and leave the ship. Also, what did Riker say? That was really bizarre line about like, you know, when, when, uh, Picard's being attacked by this entity, he says something like, like a rag doll in the mouth of a dog. You, That's an old Alaska saying. I know it must be a ragdoll in the mouth of a dog. <laughs> it's yeah. Such a weird thing. They say that a lot in Alaska. <laughs> well, I mean, you that know, may have been that may have been a, a McCoy a line. McCoy line. Yeah, it actually sounds more like a McCoy line. You know, yeah. your theory's holding up. I, I'm gonna have to say, I, I think I agree. Uh, I agree with you on this one. Um, if anyone knows uh, what actually happened, and uh, well, the book may say. Yeah. Anyways, so that that happens, and then you know he gets to sick bay and. You know, for some reason, instinctually, Captain Picard knows that he needs to let future Picard do, run his course. Right. Mm-hmm. And even uh, Dr. Pulaski, you, you seem to have the Donald Trump uh, sniffling issue from I, the debates. I know. I'm, I'm just on the verge of just <laughs> unleashing this. This fit of sneezing, and I'm trying to hold. Do it, just sneeze, doctor. Sneeze, sneeze. (laughs) Actually, I'm I'm, continue. I'm going to stick something up my nose. Go ahead. Okay, so well, I need you to. (laughs) I'll wait for the doctor to come back because if he doesn't hear what I'm going to say, the doctor is having problems. Uh, Oh, in the meantime. Let's pull up an image here. <laughs> Times squared. Let's see here. Oh, that's not that's not gonna work. Anyways, um, <clears throat> let's see where were we? Are you feeling better, doctor? I hope so. You can sniffle all you want. I I was just giving you a hard time there. Um, so, anyways, the um, I'm gonna show something to you here. Are you are you back? There you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I love that shot. By the way, yeah, it's a good shot. Um, anyways, so so the uh, the thing about so what. 
what happens is um, he he engages. You know, uh, the future Picard is now able to have a dialogue with uh, present Picard, and um, he's still not fully present, <laughs> if you will. He's still in like kind of a, a a state. You know, like some kind of phase out of phaseness. And he doesn't even really recognize that he's talking to himself. The future Picard doesn't recognize it. And he's kind of, we realize he's stuck in this kind of loop. And anyways, I thought it was interesting that like, you know, Picard, uh, Dr. Pulaski is kind of like nervous about this. And she asks him like, do you even know what you're doing? And he says, no, (laughs) release it. Right. You know, I, and I wonder if, you know, what, what was going through, present Picard's mind at this time like was he just like I'm just gonna follow this and see what happens you know I have nothing to lose the Enterprise is gonna get destroyed anyways and it leads him to the shuttle bay and he's trying to like talk to he's trying to talk reason with Picard and I think it's a valid question he's like well what was your other choice yeah you know there, there had to have been another choice like we have choices all the time and you know it's and and future Picard won't won't reveal it. He's like, no, there's no, there's no other choice. So then he takes, that's when he decides, okay, well the other choice is to, to not go, to not leave the enterprise. He kills himself. That's yeah. interesting. Like, I well, thought, because he's going to leave the, he's going to leave the ship. Or, or do you think it's more like there can be only one? I mean, like, would you kill? No, <laughs> no he stopped him because he wanted to, because if he had left in the <laughs> shuttlecraft, and then he would have been he would have the same thing would have been happening as what happened before but don't you think he could have just stunned himself or at least tried it no he just he murders his future self he's like no there's no room because he's thinking there's no room for error There's no room for error. You've got to kill this Picard because he knows himself and he knows that even that he would do anything and everything to commit whatever act he feels is right. But the other present day Picard realizes that that act is wrong. So the only way to stop Picard is to kill him. Himself. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, it's some crazy effed up. That's shit. how I love. Yeah, I loved it. That's how determined Picard. Picard knows himself. He knows that the only way to stop him is to kill him, kill himself. Yeah. Well, he successfully does so, and he then uh, he then orders the Enterprise into the vortex and uh, goes to the bridge. And uh, future Picard and the future Elbaz disappear. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And everything's good, except we still don't know what the entity was. Nagilam. <laughs> it's just Nagilam playing more. I think it's Nagilam. What, 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 I think so. You th- what if with this whole time they've been trapped inside uh, Nagilam? Wow. What do you think about that vortex, by the way? I was a little bit... I, I don't remember the original effects... Um, at all um i can tell you what my theory on the vortex is in a second but i won't but since you asked that the first thing that came to mind was the special effects the the remastering and i believe this is a screenshot from the remastered um version Mm -hmm. 
this particular special effects house, um, I think, is trying too hard to recreate the exact shots. I think when you're, I think that the it would have been a great thing since you have this computer rendered enterprise. Um, you could do new sh- whole new shots, you know. And yeah, I, but you have to fit them in the timing of the episode. That's true, but you could still have a different angle. I think there were better angles they could have done. I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't really like. I liked some scenes, like when the Enterprise is trying to warp and it's kind of stuck in over the vortex, you know. And it like you kind of see it try to try to warp away, but nothing happens. It just the engines kind of just do that little explosion thing that they do, and not the engines, the nacelles. Um, so I thought that was cool, but mostly I thought like the Enterprise looked nice. It just didn't look as dynamic as it should now that it's computer generated, you know. Um, well, the, 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 the remastering for season two, I don't think is right. As it's that other effects house. You told me about that, right? Right. But I, so I'm looking forward to seeing the season three, and maybe by season four, this uh, this effects house will will get it right. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I, I wasn't like too too pleased. Um, there are some uh, there are some interesting. Uh, oh, we gotta. I gotta put this up for you here. <laughs> I'm finding images on the <laughs> the internet. I forgot that you can, you can do this. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> there, there's the uh, brilliant brilliant weirdness uh, that Patrick Stewart is able to uh, to convey. Oh, look, I was. Oh, you know what? The sun is coming in, but this time it's reflected from a different place. So see, there's like all this weird, different, different, different lighting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, So, Um, uh, you know, outside of that, outside of that, what I think the I think that, you know, having watched enough of uh, Doctor Who to have these like temporal uh, ideas about temporal mechanics. I think that the the original event, whatever it was, put the Enterprise crew, and this happens a few times. It's not the first time it'll happen, but it puts the Enterprise crew into a time loop. Um, and so they're forced to repeat it, and we don't know how many times they've been repeating the same thing until they make a diff- finally make a different decision, which, you know, they successfully do. Uh, so right. I think that, but I think that the entity on the other side, that would have been a neat um, thing to come back to and explore. It would have been neat if in, in a future season, you know, we encounter the entity or we, you know, encounter something that just kind of hints at this episode. That would have been a really neat thing. But unfortunately, we never, we never do get that. And then that's um, about my only, that's my only critique, but it's not a critique of this episode itself. I've noticed that this season there's quite a number of uh, of unsolved mysteries, <laughs> and um, I'm kind of okay with that. You know, I, I think an episode like this, if it had happened later in the season, uh, would have been a little too um, it would have been too gobbledygooked up. You know, they would have tried to find some reason for why things are happening. I would have been uh, drowned in technobabble and we would have lost the weirdness and the, uh, the just the unsettled nature of 
first of all, Patrick Stewart's performance, and, and then just the reaction that all the characters in the bridge were having to what was going on. I mean, when they were second-guessing each other on the bridge, I thought that was, that was, a, that was, a, that was a very good moment. You know, it's like, well, we should do this. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. What if we're supposed to? I mean, you'll drive yourself nuts with that kind of, you know, yeah. time travel logic. I mean, and I, I just, I really thought it was an excellent episode. I, I It was um, definitely, yeah, you know, this is what you kind of hope for from a science fiction series. You're absolutely right. Um, it's also showing how, um, you know, I guess, I guess there's a lot more time travel stuff happening in star trek the next generation than than i had previously thought and uh oh what's going on incoming news once again and this is what's great about about this is that you know i save the book (laughs) for near the end so we've done all the speculating but now we hear hear what what now we hear the truth right um Take these off. This story, originally titled Time to the Second, began as the first of what Maurice Hurley had planned as two consecutive but standalone episodes. Time mm. Squared. Time Squared would segue into Q Who. Uh, we never we never th- thought about Q. Uh, I was like, Nagilam, it's yeah, Q. It is Q. Well, Nagilam is very Q-like. You were close to the mark. Uh, would segue into Q-Who, in which the mischievous super alien is revealed as the cause of the vortex. That plan was scrapped at Gene Roddenberry's insistence. Hurley has said, and so adds confusion to the ending, why would going into the vortex center save you? Hurley asked, it doesn't make sense, but it does if Q is pulling the strings. Still, the writer said his intent was to do a time travel story involving just six hours, not 500 or 1,000 years. Right. A, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, the shuttlecraft is named for one-time NASA scientist Farouk El Baz, who had earlier received a tip of the hat in the outrageous Okuna. Mm. According to Michael Okuda, the professor sounded very surprised the morning he called in from Boston University after he and his children had seen the show <laughs> for, that f- for the first time. That's very cool. So, yeah. Very interesting. Hmm. I don't remember Q Who. It's going to be fun when we get to that episode. Yeah. Is that the one where he loses his powers? I don't remember. Oh, well, exciting, because it's coming up soon. Uh, But, you know, having read that, you know, the Q episodes, by and large, don't have, you know, they have a, a bit of levity to them, you know. Uh, there's a few exceptions, Tapestry being one of them. Um, but this episode just seems a little too... I don't know. There's, there's, It's unsettling, like, the way he's trapped. You know, he can't well, speak, and, and, 
and the crew is is like, oh my gosh, we're all gonna die. We I think that's die. why. Yeah, I think it's that. That's why it's okay that we don't have that Q connection. I think that the episode does um, stand on its own feet. And now the mystery solved. <laughs> that was the only thing, and it's and it's like what you said. I kind of I do agree that it's okay to have a mystery that that we don't get the answer to on a television show. It's you know even as much as we want to know what's going on, it is okay to have just like in real life, you sometimes don't solve things, and there's a lot of unknowns. And you know I think that's okay to have on a TV show. And this is a, a situation where it was done. Uh, really well and uh, yeah I, re- I really really enjoyed this episode as well um, but now we know it was uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was cha- it, there was a two-parter apparently right that's interesting huh well are you ready to give uh, your rating to, there doctor any other thoughts um, on this episode I, I, I wanna I wanna mention that it's interesting that one of the things they that never got brought up is why they never thought of uh, detaching the saucer section. Hmm. You know, if, if they if, if there was this cause for believing that the starship was gonna be destroyed and I believe they have footage of the of the complete starship being destroyed, I don't know why Picard didn't immediately uh, order that the saucer section be separated and that they, I mean, it could have just stayed right where it was and, you know, they could have sent for another starship or something and, and they could have just continued onwards in the, uh, in the, uh, what do you call that? Uh, what do you call the, the secondary hall oh, the, section? The star drive. Well, there's the star drive section. Section, yeah. I think that um, if I if I recall correctly, in the episode, the vortex just kind of appears all of a sudden. So there was yeah, really but they had some time before the vortex appeared. But then, what if the vortex had appeared uh, since since it was centered around Picard, no matter where he was? So let's say you did separate. But they the, didn't know that. Well, right until they saying, knew it. What I'm saying is, had they let's just you know play out the scenario. Let's say they immediately he's like you know orders a start you know saucer separation let's say he remains on the um the star drive on the or the battle yeah, yeah the star the drive se- yeah the star star drive section i guess it's called um you know the vortex would have appeared under there and yes you're right the saucer section would have been separated and that would have created a different a slightly different um timeline but then but then timey wimey wibbly wobbly if they had repeated the events and he actually left again in a shuttlecraft, it would have the same scenario would have occurred. And then the next time the loop happens, they would have seen that the saucer was separated in the video. In the in, yes. the, in the playback. Yes. So ultimately they would have been forced to relive the loop again and then they would have decided yeah, not. Yeah, but it would have but, but you they would have, have saved decided, the kids. Well, they would have also decided not to separate the saucer section. They might have chosen differently on the second loop. We don't know how many loops have occurred before this one. The one that we saw on TV is one of maybe, maybe it's the second loop. Maybe it's the 15th loop. Maybe it's the 30th loop. We have no way of knowing. But we do know that they are caught in a time loop. Every, every time Picard leaves the Enterprise, 
whether it's a separated enterprise or a complete enterprise, he ends up surviving and the enterprise is destroyed. And what had to change was Picard not leaving. It was it was definitely focused on him, and we know this because he is the you know, six hour into the future, Picard comes back. By the way, uh, that does remind me of something. In that scene when, you know, they bring the shuttlecraft aboard, I think future people are really amazing because they see, like, scarring on the Elbaz and without any tricorder or anything, Captain Picard's like, oh, that looks like an anti, you know, an antimatter explosion. And uh, the shuttlecraft must not have been too close to it. And I was just astonished that you. Could, it looked to me, as an audience member, it just looked like burns or like you know like burns. How do you know what an antimatter explosion burn looks like as as, a, as, wow. as as opposed to just like a phaser blast or something else? So that that was like a that was, what it's that's like, why they're at the top of the line. Yeah, man. no, they're, it's they're, true. They're, it's like Riker yeah. docking the saucer section with only visuals. <laughs> like he's able to do it manually just by looking at the view screen. So these people in the future are just extraordinary in their in their yes, abilities. they are indeed, indeed. That is true. Yeah, if it had been Jordy, who would have said that but no it was it was it was picard right jordy's visor would give him a special insight into the nature of the blast yeah, i agree right. i agree with you that would have been more <laughs> that would have been more believable but no yeah, it's no. like he's just oh he's like what do you think and Riker didn't know he's like what do you think this is captain and he's like looks like a antimatter scar you know <laughs> it's so weird picard's great man <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> so uh, I will give this episode a seven and a half. I really liked it. I will give it a seven and a half. Oh, I agree with you. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so any other? And I guess the next episode, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Icarus Factor is going to be, um, oh, this new camera handles the overexposure a lot better than mm. their previous camera did. I, I would have been just, like, washed away with, with gamma radiation. Question. Did you ever watch this episode in its original run? I did not. This is the first time I'd seen this episode. Oh, yeah. No, I saw this in its original run. I did not. I remembered it, too. No, um, I did not remember. I did not remember. <laughs> I didn't see this episode. I think originally I was so put off by Royale <laughs> that I I just you, didn't watch Next Generation an, for a you month. Needed two weeks. <laughs> I was like, God, this show sucks. <laughs> I was. And I just stopped. I I was protesting the Pulaski era, but for some reason. I do remember, for some reason, seeing this. Maybe it's because the uh, teaser enticed me to watch it. So mm-hmm. there's, I didn't see the Royale. I don't think on its original. I saw the Royale. I don't it was know. Terrible I don't the remember. First time. <laughs> I don't remember it. So I must not have seen it on its original run. So yeah. I saw it, and wh- they, I don't know what the Icarus fact. What's the Icarus factor? What is it? Again, I, I think it's the episode where. Uh, you know, and just briefly, it's uh, uh, Riker's father comes aboard the station. And apparently, oh, I remember that episode. Yeah, and I didn't see it. It has that actor that I like. Yeah, he's really good. I didn't see it in its original run, but apparently. Really? He, yeah, because I, I, I remember being really, when I saw it on DVD, I remember, oh, this is new. You know, this is something new. Um, 
when when TNG had its first DVD release, I did see it then. Um, and I do I do remember uh, I, watching it again very recently, like maybe a few months ago, and uh, remembering that uh, th- there's something between Pulaski Dar- yeah. and and Riker's father. So we'll explore all that on the next episode. But why wasn't that mentioned at the breakfast? I don't know. <laughs> Is she hiding? Well they, well, they were interrupted. First of all, they were, the eggs were disgusting, and so that distracted them from it. And I think that it comes up in the next episode. I, I do believe that um, either Riker's like, why didn't you tell me about this, Dad? Or or Dr. Pulaski's like, it's none of your business, or something like that happened. Mm. Mm. Um, and On the, Friday, this is... This is really unrelated, but on <clears throat> Friday, I I was so hungry at work, and for those who, for the fans that we have, I work at a high school, and at my old high school, at your old high school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I never had cafeteria food when we were there as students, and subsequently as an employee, I don't have the cafeteria food, but I was so hungry on Friday that I said, you know, damn it, I'm going to to have pizza. They were serving pizza. And I had the pizza. And the expression I had on my face matched the expression <laughs> of the faces of the people having those eggs in, in the beginning of this episode. I think those eggs tasted like the pizza that I had <laughs> at uh, the school that shall remain nameless. Wow, that's disgusting. It was uh, disgusting. It really was. Whatever ingredients were in the eggs were in that pizza. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's time to... Oh, before we do sign off, uh, just this last week was the 29th anniversary of Encounter at Farpoint. Really? Mm-hmm. So next year will be the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation airing on television. Wow. Yeah, we're That's extraordinary. Thirty. That means. Wow. How yeah. old are we? Well, I'm 38, so that means that I started watching Star Trek: The Next Generation at age seven, and I didn't realize that I was that young. What? That doesn't that, make any sense. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. That makes no fucking sense. You were age seven. You started watching that. Wait, how could it be? <laughs> That doesn't make sense at all. How could it be the 30th? Oh. <laughs> so how, I mean. <laughs> was it 29th or something else? Maybe I'm, maybe, hold on, let's take a look at, let's do, let's do. Cap- I, I have, I literally have snot coming down my nose. You That's know, disgusting, on. doctor. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm going to do the math while you go away here. <laughs> oh, hold on here. Oh, it's 27 years ago. So that means... <laughs> oh, I was age 11. <laughs> Where did you go? Oh, hold on. Oh, you're, not, you're trying not to let us see. 
By the way, your icon uh, is pretty cool. You look like you're in your time. Emma Baker. took that picture. It's the best picture anyone's ever anyone's ever taken of me. So I was 11 when TNG came out in '89, and I guess it's 27 years. Brent Spiner confused me because he posted something about it. You were ele- oh, I guess that makes sense because That's then by the time I met you, you would have been 15. Yeah. 14 okay. or that 15, makes, yeah. yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Because we met in in the wake of uh, the Best of Both Worlds season, uh, the... We didn't meet in the first two seasons of Next Generation. Oh, yeah, yeah. We met either the third or the fourth. I want to say the third. Right, we'll have to do all the math later. But we met somewhere along the line, and Star Trek right. The Next Generation finished while I was in high school. Yeah, Next Generation, I guess, finished uh, after I left, right? You, I remember vividly being in 11th grade, and Star Trek Six was like yeah. the movie to watch, which it was weird because I didn't know anybody else like Star Trek other than you and me and you, Sue, and Ruben. So it was like... And, oh, and Roger. And Roger. <laughs> and Roger. <laughs> Jolly Roger. Admiral. Well, Guinan, <laughs> our librarian, watched Star Trek, I think. Did she? Or Miss, did we just... Mrs. Gibson did watch... Uh, she watched... the. Did she didn't watch Next Yeah, because I revealed though. to her that she was our Guinan, and she knew exactly what I was talking about. Are you sure she wasn't just, you know, placating you there and... I mean, there's always the possibility of that, but it seemed pretty. Uh, it seemed pretty legit. <laughs> Betty Gibson. Yeah, she's great. Anyways, the, now she the show. Great. Now there's all these like personal references that no one gets, and that's bad for bad for TV. <laughs> Who cares? This is just a casual, right, informal it, conversation. Right. I don't give a shit if nobody <laughs> understands what we're talking about. Okay, so on that note. <laughs> Live long and prosper. (laughs) Live long and prosper, everybody. And I'll see you next time, Doctor.